Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class, uh, which is dedicated today in loving memory of Sammy Sayed, Lava Shalom, Leilunish Machel, Woman Rivka, Lava Shalom, sponsored by his son uh, Isaac Sayed, along with the cold brew. Someone asked me, Who's this guy who always donates cold brew? Is he addicted to coffee? I said, Yes. But look, the fact that you're addicted doesn't mean you have to donate it for everybody else. So that just comes. Uh, to show you that not only is he addicted to coffee, he's addicted to chesed. <laughs> okay, let's get cracking. Chodesh Tov Mivorach, my dear friends, uh, attendees, listeners, v'chulu v'chulu, uh, welcome to this new month, the month of Shabbat. And in this month we have, uh, our rabbis tell us that the letters of the of the Chodesh of Shabbat are an acronym for Shenit Baser B'sorot Tovot that we should be given the sorot of good news, okay? Now, if that just sounds like some sort of random, uh, you know, compilation of words that happen to be good, and not shenelech, uh, betat shirutim, I don't know, whatever, we're going to go to the bathroom with, the, you know, constipation, you can find other words that, you know, match the same letters. So the idea is not just that we found words that match the acronym of Shabbat that happened to be nice, but rather there's a deeper understanding here, uh, and I'd like to take a look at that together with you today. The Bnei Yisachar, one of the great Hasidic Rebbe's, writes a, uh, a piece on each one of the various months, and it's always an interesting thing to look at what he says about each month, to understand the power and the koach uh, that is hidden in that month that a person can draw from. And Shabbat Rabotai, no pun intended, is the month that you can draw the most from. The mazal of the month of Shabbat is Deli is a pitcher, okay, a, uh, a bucket. And it's interestingly enough that the Gemara tells us that if Am Yisrael had a mazal, then you know what the mazal of the Jewish people would be? The mazal of the Jewish people would be Deli, would be a, uh, a bucket. Why? Where do we find this word, these words expressed all throughout the Torah? It says about uh, the Avraham Avinu, who was the origin force of the Jewish people, our forefather Abraham, that Avraham Avinu, his mission in the world was to bring the world to recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In fact, uh, he was, he's categorized as a person with, who was Vayikra Veshem Amunai, that he would call out in the name of God, and many, many people who came back to the understanding that God runs the world, through Abraham's methodology, which, which was the methodology of kindness. So Abraham's midah of chesed, his character trait is not his goal, it's the way he achieves his goal. And what is his goal? His goal is ultimately to do the greatest chesed of all, which is to take the soul of a person that wandered away from its connection to Borei Olam, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and to reunite the souls of the world with their father in heaven. So it was Abraham Avinu, who managed to capture for us this uh, mission that the Jewish nation has to be or lagoim, to be a light unto the nations. Where do we get that from? We got that from the fact that Avram, who was originally called Avram, because he was Av Aram, he was the father of Aram, the area in which he lived. And he became Avraham. He went from the father of a locale, of an area, of a region, to Avraham, Av Hamon Goim a father to many nations. So Rabotai, how did Abraham, how did he, what was his capability? How did he figure out how to be able to bring the Torah and to bring God's faith to the masses? He had a very faithful servant, and the servant was called 
Eliezer. And what does the Pasuk say about Eliezer? That Eliezer was Dole Umashke Mitorato Shel Rabo. Where does that come from? The Pasuk calls Eliezer Damesek Eliezer. Now, not only does that mean that he was from Damesek, Damascus, i.e., he was Sham. Every Halabi always said, look, you see the Shami is the servant, right? They always love the jokes. Oh, the Halabi, the Shami, nonstop, they have the banter between them, okay? But the Pasuk tells us that Eliezer was Damesek Eliezer. He was Doleu Mashke. He drew and then served, to, he gave the water to other people to drink. Now, what's fascinating to realize is that not only does Eliezer have this categorization of someone that draws from the well of Torah and passes it on to others, but uh, in fact, Eliezer himself, this character trait that he had as the person who was disseminating the Mayim, Mayim is always compared, water is always compared to Torah, it's the defining feature he looks for in the mother of Am Yisrael. When he looks for Rivka, what does he say? I'm going to find the woman that takes her pitcher and tilts it and gives me to drink. What is Eliezer looking for? He's looking for the thing that he does. And therefore, he's looking for an expression of that in Rivka. And in the mother, the first mother that was chosen from Am Yisrael, as opposed to Sarah, which was a different ballgame, she just married a regular guy, Abraham. Here it's uh, the first mother of Am Yisrael that was chosen was Rivka was because she had this ability to draw water and to serve others. To be able to take uh, uh, you were able to draw the waters of Torah out and disseminate it to others. So Rabotai, I want to draw and connect this idea to number one, the month, but also to the parasha that we're learning about. You know, in our parasha we read a, a very interesting midrash. And the midrash says as follows. <clears throat> greater is the makah that God did with his, so to speak, with his foot. The makah of makat the death of the firstborn, was a greater makah, right? Then, greater was that makah from the, the full handful of Moshe and Aaron that they filled up with the ashes which they threw up in, in uh, Mitzrayim which resulted in the plague of boils. So everyone asks the obvious question. How do you compare the two? If you're looking in terms of Makkah, which Makkah was a stronger Makkah? Makkah Bechorot, where every firstborn dies. That's a blow. The fact that people got a bunch of boils, you know, new, like they say. New. I mean, it's a terrible plague, don't get me wrong. But how could you compare Shekhin to Makat Bechorot? That the Midrash has to tell you that you know what? Greater was Makat Bechorot than Shekhin. And um, the Chida explains something unbelievable. He says that the, um, the Makav, Makat Bechorot, it was something that happened at midnight in Egypt. But after it happened, it happened. Once it was over, it was over. Once the people died, whoever died was going to die. Chalas, they were done. When it came to Shekhin, the, the boils, although the other makot, when the makah was over, it was done, with Shekhin, the makah of Shekhin never left them. So the boils that they had wasn't just for the time, the period of the week of the makah, but it didn't go away. 
the Makkah was over, the Yaret Shekhin, they got ready for Barat. I kept thinking to myself when I read this Chida, Hazid, these people, they have giant boils, and what's the next thing you do? You make stones fall down. Hazid's getting his boils popped by uh, hailstones from the sky. If ever there was a people that was getting, uh, you know, the brunt of their punishment, uh, you know, done to them for the mistakes, it's got to be the Misrim. Rabbi Tai, the Chida says, he says such a beautiful idea in psychology. He says, you know, it's a fascinating thing. Human beings are very interesting. If you take a look back in time at the life of a person uh, 500 years ago, or even 200 years ago, before the Industrial Revolution, you know, your wife was making you dinner. It was an all-day affair. She didn't get salt in a bag that was delivered to her house. She didn't have a chicken that was sent koshered, slaughtered, defeathered, cut into quarters, right? She didn't have uh, the vegetables delivered. She had to go to the garden and pick out all the vegetables and, and grind the salt and then, do, you know, do the pepper. Now, today, you know, we're so bougie that we like going backwards. Like, you know, now, we, now if like salt comes in a bag, you're like, oh my God, you have like salt in a bag? You don't have like a salt grinder from the pink Himalaya salt, right? We're, we've, we've moved backwards in time, Rabotai. But the amazing thing about about the world that we live in is the things that used to take them forever. You were cold, your wife was like, oh honey, you're cold, she couldn't turn on the heat. Right, she had to knit you a sweater. She'll be like, you'll be warm next May. I don't know what she said to you, but at the end of the day, right, you know, you have to go outside into the snow to chop wood, which was then wet. You you understand, the world was so, so, so tedious as compared to our world. And you'd think we'd be living life on easy street, you know? People couldn't afford shirts. Now you get a six-pack of shirts delivered to you from Costco, you know, for three dollars. It's amazing. You go to Alibaba, they pay you to take it. <laughs> right? This is the world that we live in. It's a crazy thing. So you'd think that the world that we live in would be easy. People would be happier. All of our needs are taken care of. We, you know, it used to be you couldn't drink water from the well without thinking you're going to get the black plague. Now, what are we worried about? We're worried if the water is alkaline. What the heck is wrong with us? It's amazing. Our world is so much better, so much more advanced, and we're so much more depressed. Why? The Chidah says amazing. This idea. The Midrash says, don't think that the Makav Shekhin was worse than the Makav Makat Bechorot. Because you know what? If you're a Jewish guy, you're sitting there, you're looking at this fella who's been beating you up, who's been making you work, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, Baruch Hashem. I'm seeing, uh, you know, you see the guy in the street, you're like, oh, your boils are developing nicely. <laughs> I think there's some pus on your forehead, you know? They, they were enjoying the fact that, these, the, that the, the people who tortured them were being punished. But the Midrash says, Rohi, it's true you're happy that this person is suffering for a longer time. It's true that you're happy about the Makkah, that this guy is getting what's coming to him. But the makav, makat bechorot, resulted in you walking free. It resulted in you having your chirut. How could it be that this is human nature? That sometimes, rather than me get what I need, I'd rather see you get paid back. I'd rather see revenge than me get what I need. People would rather see someone suffer than them get the things that they need in order to move forward and actually have closure, have peace. I want to see the guy beg. I want to see the guy grovel. I want to see him lose something. I, I was telling you the other day, I was telling them a story the other day about a guy who comes to the rabbi. It's not enough that the guy, what's it called? It's not enough that the, the man 
uh, a gezer blessing from Parnassah for the rabbi. He says, Rabbi, I want you to curse my competitor. <laughs> You're going to work because you want money. What do you care if he makes money too? The guy opened up, he opened up the street across the street from me. He's got to, that, where does that come from? Rabotai, our world is not happy. You know why? Because once upon a time, we were so busy taking care of our most basic needs that we didn't have time to look at whatever anybody else had. Today, all of our time is spent running after what other people have. I heard something today which is incredibly ironic. On the way to shul, I uh, read a, uh, a news headline. I haven't even read the whole article. I am totally judging not just a book by its cover, but an article by its headline. The article says, Moderna chief says, we will have to live with coronavirus forever. I think this guy needs to be shot. You know, yeah, you don't, you don't come out with that news in the morning. <laughs> come on, it's Rosh Chodesh. This is what I need to hear, that we're going to live with coronavirus forever. I think Moderna is so happy with their stock prices. They're thinking this is the biggest beraka ever. He didn't even mean it in a bad way. He was like, we're going to have corona forever. Okay. He was thinking about his own, but Rabotai, we're all going crazy. And I was thinking to myself, how can it be on Rosh Chodesh of the month of Nitbaseh B'Sorot that we get good news? That's the news that we get? That Moderna's going to last forever? That uh, <laughs> Corona's going to last forever? Freudian slip. Right? How could that be? Forget about it. Buy signal. Right? What's going on, Rabotai? Yeah, how could it be? So I think um, there's another bit of news that I read in the next instant as I'm scrolling past this article. I don't even want to read it. Right? Another article. Cuomo says that we cannot keep our businesses closed even if people are, even if the virus is here, even if there's corona, we must figure out a way to open up the theaters. New York is not New York without Broadway. You know, are you thinking, are you late to this party, man? Like, you know, people have been saying this for so long. Now you're waking up to this reality. And I was thinking to myself, on the one hand, on the one hand, you have an article that says that coronavirus is going to be here forever. But on the other hand, you have a realization of the people that broke the city, recognizing that whether or not there is a virus, you cannot keep stores closed. You cannot have Costco and Walmart and all these mega stores open because they're essential businesses, right? And then close every single mom and pop shop. You know what I saw someone suggested? That we should close Walmart, Costco for six months and only have the mom and pop shops open and they'll make back in six months all the money that they had, uh, you know, that they need to make for the next God knows how many years, okay? Rabotai, what I saw, what struck me is that the Bissorot Tovot, sometimes it doesn't look the way you expected it to look. Sometimes the Bissorot Tovot, the good news that you were waiting for, doesn't look like you expected it to look. But if you're looking at what, it, what actually benefits you, if you're trying to find what actually gives you what you need, you're able to be doled, to drag, to draw the water out and find something which is so beneficial deep down in the, in the midst of the earth. This idea of Shabbat Rabotai is mirrored also in the holiday that we get in this month. The same energy of the ability to dig so deep down in a place that you could not believe something good exists and to draw that goodness up. That is what a well is. That's also the process that we experience in Tu B'Shvat. When you're looking at a tree that has no leaves, that's uh, frozen solid, and our rabbis tell us, you know when the tree is growing? You know when we make the beracha on the trees, when we have 
you know, a celebration of their fruit right now because down there in the bottom of the tree, in a place you can't even see, uh, the sap of the tree is rising and the life of the tree is coming back. That is this month, the ability to reach down into an abyss and draw something beautiful uh, from that place. So Rabotai, we should all merit this ability uh, uh, to, to never be thinking about and focusing on positive, negative things or negative things in other people or looking at everybody else. The entire race that humanity is in today, by and large, Rabotai, at least in Western countries, is not a race to be able to feed their family. It's not a race to be able to have a healthy life. It's a race to be able to have this label in their clothes instead of that label. It's a race to be able to have this car instead of that car. And even the poorest families, Rabbi the poorest families, they're telling you, you know, what's it called? You know, uh, Rabbi, it's so difficult. I can't buy my kid the same thing as the other kids. And Rabbi I'm not making light of that. That is a thing. It is a problem. But compare that to what a poor person was years ago. Baruch Hashem, we live in the most beautiful time ever. We need to focus, to dig deep, to draw um, something beautiful from every difficult situation. And that's, I always love that double lashon. Shenishma means we should hear, and nitbaser means someone should tell us good news. What's the difference between hearing good news and someone telling you good news? In order to hear good news, someone has to tell you good news, right? You know what I said to myself? You know why the expression in Yahadut is, Because sometimes in order to hear that news is good, you need to listen twice. You don't just read the headline. We are now learning that this thing, this virus that's here, it may be here to stay. But who's telling you that announcement? A guy who invented a, a vaccine that is 95% effective. You're hearing it on the same day where you're recognizing that the leaders understand that just because we have this virus doesn't mean that life ends. We still can stay open. That is the power, Rabotai, of this month. And our rabbis communicate to us this idea from the end of the parasha. The parasha ends by saying in the Makkah of Barad that when everything was being pummeled, when things were being hit by literally hailstones from the sky, the Pasuk says, The chita and the kusemet, the spelt and the wheat, they didn't, they didn't get hit. Why? Because they were, they were young. They were right in the beginning of their growth. Okay? However, the other fruits and the other vegetables, but the flax and the barley, those were completely destroyed, Nukata. Why? Because they had already grown to their level uh, uh, beyond the beginning of their growth. They were already in a place where they were standing tall, where they were, stu- where they were stiff, where they were solid. They had already grown to maturity. So once they were standing, when the barad fell on it, it broke. If you have something soft and you hit it, what happens? Nothing, right? If you have something hard and you hit it, it can break. You punch a glass vase, it breaks. You punch a rubber vase, it bounces. If you can give, if you can bend, if you can bow, if you can have the humility, Rabotai, then the worst news in the world is incapable of destroying you. So what creates a person that no matter what news they get, it's nishmav and itbaser besorotovot, that all news, like they say, is good news? What creates a person like that? A person who's capable 
of drawing deep, of finding something positive, something to hold on from the depths of the earth, uh, to be able uh, to find and to consider that to be uh, to be powerful. May Hashem grant us this humility. May Hashem grant us this attitude. May Hashem grant us this eye. Chodesh Tov Mevorach Baruch Adonai Olam.